Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissist actors, directors, and producers. Here, we'll laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does, and they've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. And this is May. And welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. We hope you're doing well today on this Wednesday. Today, May and I are returning to our actor versus actor format to discuss Harrison Ford versus Liam Neeson. Who would you rather be? Now, if you're new to this feed, I definitely recommend you check out some of our actor versus actors that we've done in the past. This might be our 10th, 9th or 10th, but we have Sandra Bullock versus Julie Roberts, Kate Blanchett versus Nicole Kidman, Affleck versus Damon, DiCaprio versus Bale, and uh, some other ones. So definitely check them out. Now, the format of this is each of us are going to champion one of the actors. We give a quick bio, and given that both of these guys have been working for more than 40 years, uh, we're just going to hit their major movies. And then we're going to discuss and do a, a little segment called Could This Actor Have Done That Other Actor's Role? And then at the end, we'll go over their personal life. And then we're going to decide who would we rather be? Not necessarily who's the better actor or who has more talent, but we're looking at the personal life based on what we can glean from their personal life and their career. Who would we rather be? May, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. And I'm looking forward to this one because both of these guys, especially Ford, is someone that's been around since we were toddlers in terms of in cinema. Neeson was a little later, but both of these guys are iconic. And some people were asking like, well, does this make sense to have American Ford versus Irish Liam Neeson? And we were both considering like who to pair Ford with. But given that they both have done action, they both have done sci-fi, they both have done Star Wars, they both have done drama, and they're both roughly the same age or in the same ballpark, we thought despite the fact that they're transatlantic in their origin, that they would be a good fit together. Um, what is yeah, your- I agree with that. Go ahead. Okay. What is your take? Like, what are your first memories of Harrison Ford? Like, what movie do you remember him first in? What's your just overall take on Ford? Well, I, th I just think Harrison Ford is the leading actor. Um, even in Star Wars, uh, episode four. Um, and I really didn't think much of Mark Hamill back then. I don't think, I think all my eyes were on, <laughs> or my eyes were on Harrison Ford. Um, he's, you know, the greatest uh you know as far as sarcastic deadpan kind of guy and he's he's also very good looking he was a very good looking man so um he had great chemistry with uh carrie fisher in that movie and um yeah i've always had a crush on him so but not anymore in carrie fisher's memoir she admits that she and Ford had an affair. She was only 19 in, in A New Hope. And um, we'll talk about later how Ford was married at that point and they had an affair. Oh, really? While he yeah. was married to Melissa Matthews? Yeah, come on. It's Hollywood. Is this really surprising? But yeah, she admitted in her memoirs before she died. You know, she died very relatively young. I think at 16. Yeah. But uh, I would agree. Harrison Ford, 
And we have an upcoming episode on 10 most handsome actors of the last 40 years. We have not mm -hmm. recorded that. And as, as typical in those episodes, we don't know each other's lists. So maybe Ford's going to be in that list. I can't say for May or me, but Harrison Ford at his peak. And to me, his peak is probably mid 80s. Like Witness, I think he is so handsome in that movie. And Indiana Jones. So like 81 to 85, I just think this guy is gorgeous. And he ages very well, of course. But the man is a handsome man. No one can deny that. And I think we can say right now, he is more handsome than Liam Neeson. Certainly Neeson has certain characters and qualities that maybe Ford is lacking in. But I think we can both agree, just in terms of looks, Harrison Ford is one handsome man. Yeah, and he was the ultimate and as Han Solo, I think. And of course, Indiana Jones, but I'm not as big of a fan of Indiana Jones. And we're, we're kind of doing this Star Wars. So. We're kind of doing this in honor of Indiana Jones. Though I'm assuming the assumption is this is going to be the last one. Maybe when we're recording this, it has not come out the Dial of Destiny that he might die in this one. But it's interesting how he really despised the character of Han Solo and that he even wanted Han Solo to die in Return of the Jedi. But he always loved Indiana Jones. And from just a casual yeah. fan, it's just kind of strange because to the casual cinephile, both of these characters are iconic and there's a lot of similarities. And it's hard to maybe realize why you would love one guy when you would not like the other. Because both characters in some ways are scoundrels. Certainly on Solo is more of a scoundrel because he you know he smuggles contraband whereas here whereas indiana jones is a professor who's trying to bring at you know priceless antiquities and put them in museums so i guess he has a more noble cause whereas han solo is the scoundrel who develops a heart later on but right. i just it's interesting how he hated that character but he loved indiana jones yeah, I, I, I'm not as big of a fan of Indiana Jones. I think he's it's just too vanilla for me. Um, but no, Han Solo, yes, he's he's great in a swashbuckling hero. He's, he's terrific. My first memory of Ford, probably, I, I was way too young to see A New Hope. I was three when that came out, just like you were. we're if you guys don't know, we're one day apart on our birthdays. I probably saw him the first time in the theater Probably in Jedi in 1983, I think so. Oh, really? I, I actually got to see um, Star Wars, or actually I remember seeing Empire Strikes Back in the theater. Wow, um, that's great. Yeah. My first time seeing Liam Neeson that I recognize him as Liam Neeson probably was until Dark Man in 1990. That's kind of that dark action hero. Oh, yes. But growing up loving the British period movies, I didn't know, and I love Martin Borman's Excalibur, and he plays Gawain in Excalibur. Mm. And yeah, this 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 is a throwback. Helen Mirren is in that movie. I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's just, it's like the trippiest version of King Arthur that there ever was. The yeah, old version. things about it, yeah. Yeah, she plays Morgan Le Fay in that. But I looking back, he was in a lot of movies that I love. He was in Kroll, which is a really bad action movie about like a throwing star. And he's in The Bounty, the great Mel Gibson, Anthony Hopkins movie. But the first time, and then he's in The Mission too with De Niro, that classic movie. But the first time I recognized him as, oh, Liam Neeson, the name Liam Neeson wasn't way until 1990. I remember him in a movie with Julia Roberts. I believe- Satisfaction. 
Yeah, I remember yeah. him being in that movie, and they were together at the time. Interesting. So, I remember yeah. that movie because Justine Bateman. <laughs> this tells you how the throw. Oh yeah, Justine Bateman had the lead in that movie. Either right. way. All right. So um, I will go first, just doing basic. I mean, given these guys have been working for 40 years, we're just going to do the basics. Neeson is 71. He is Irish. He got his role like a lot of actors doing kind of uh, dramatic plays and so forth. And he worked his way up doing a lot of TV. And aside from the aforementioned movies, the bounty and and uh, crawl and so forth. I, I don't think it was really into the late 80s that he started getting attention over here in the States. Darkman was kind of a big movie in 1990. Shining Through, he has a decent role in that. That's the Michael Douglas, Melanie Griffith, World War II movie. And then you look, 92, he does Eat Them From and Schindler's List. He gets nominated for Schindler's List. And I think that's the only time he's ever been nominated. Right. He does a great movie I love called Rob Roy in 1995, mm -hmm. playing the Scottish uh, freedom fighter in the 18th century. I really love that movie. He does Michael Collins, which is a 1996 Irish freedom fighter movie. Uh, he's in that. Then he does Le Miserable in 1988. He does a Valjean, which is later done by Hugh Jackman in, in the more recent iteration. Then he does the, the Star Wars movies, which I think he's great in. We can talk about this later, but He's great in that. I think he's great in Gangs in New York and his, his supporting role in that movie. He's got a great take in Love Actually, showing his more softer side as playing the father who loses his wife and he's trying to comfort his son in that movie. Then he does Kinsey, the Alfred Kinsey movie. I'm not a big fan of that movie, nor of Alfred Kinsey. Then mm -hmm. he's in the Batman movies. I, I don't think he's got that big of a role. I mean, you can definitely tell me uh, how big that role is later. Then he does Oslin and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe movie. And then his movies, his his career starts to fall apart a little before you get the rejuvenation with Taken. So if you're looking like in the mid-noughts, things are not really looking that good for him after Love Actually. He does Kingdom of Heaven, the Orlando Bloom Crusades movie. But really with Taken, that revitalizes his career. And then after that, he's doing a lot more of those movies. He does Chloe, that weird movie I told you about with Amanda Seyfried playing a prostitute. And he does the A-Team, Clash of the Titans. These movies are not that good, I don't think. And then he does a lot of rip-offs off Taken later in his career. 2011, he does The Grey. I don't know if you've seen that one where he crashes in the Canadian Rockies and he's got to fight off wolves. It's entertaining, but he does that. Taken 2... The Nonstop is a movie that's essentially taken on an airplane. He does that movie. Then he does later in 2014, Taken 3. And then really, I would say, <laughs> this is the last of his great movies. Um, he does Silence, the Scorsese movie about Jesuits in Japan. And mm -hmm. he, he has a, an important role in that movie. But that movie certainly wasn't commercially successful. And then uh, really the, the movies he's done the last four or five years have just been kind of ripoffs of Taken. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially where we're at with him now. He has eight movies that are either in pre-production or post-production. We'll see how any of these movies do. I think we didn't bring him up and have these actors pass their prime because, I mean, the guy is 71. So I don't think uh, there's any question if he's passed his prime, but... Do you have a take on any of those movies that I mentioned? Are any of those movies that you really like him in? 
Um, I really, I really do like him in Schindler's List. I sure. think that his Oscar is well deserved. His nomination is well deserved for that movie. Uh -huh. Um, I thought I thought that was a turning point in his career. Um, he is good in Games of New York as well. Um, but I I do think that he will always be remembered for Taken. You know, I mean, not necessarily the sequels, but that first one where he says that he has a particular set of skills. <laughs> I think that will always be the the line the for action movies. Um, and is that sad? Theater. Do you yeah. think that's sad or not sad that this guy who has such range, it's going to yeah. be remembered for a, an entertaining, but albeit stripped down bad action movie? Oh, I, I don't think it's a bad action movie. I think it's a, it's a good action movie, actually. Um, and yeah, I mean, he'll also be known for Schindler's List, too. So um, really quickly with Schindler's List, this is who he was running against. And we've talked about this in overrated best picture or best actor mm -hmm. winners. This, this is like a who's who of actors. It's him and Schindler, Anthony Hopkins and Remains of the Day top-notch performance. Lawrence Fishburne, What's Love Got to Do With It? Top-notch, iconic, his best performance ever. Daniel Day-Lewis, In the Name of the Father, great role. And then Tom Hanks wins it for Philadelphia. I mean, it would have been very hard. I mean, this is when we actually had pound for pound, every nomination was just stacked. And it would have been right. hard for him to have won in this year because he's great, but at least four of these others are really good. Yeah, and then you said Philadelphia was the the winner. Tom Hanks, yeah, Tom Hanks. Hanks, yeah, which is actually very difficult choice choices there because they were all so so strong in that in that category that year. Um, I would I would but, say as we both agreed that Hanks should not have won that in Philadelphia. Right, right. I pretty much gave him a thumbs down on that one, yeah. as well as with Forrest Gump. But yeah, absolutely. um absolutely. um yeah I, I do agree with you that maybe Lawrence Fishburne should have won that year. Um or even uh even Neeson should should have won as well, maybe uh, Liam Neeson too. I think he should have um, been nominated for Rob Roy, the the uh, the following Yeah, that, that's another good movie. Yeah. Good movie. All right, let's um, hit Harrison Ford for the sake of time. Let's get his major work. Oh, but I wanted to say that his yeah. role in Batman is okay. It's it, it's not that you know that groundbreaking or pivotal, of course. But he was he was just helping uh uh Batman get his martial arts on and that kind of thing so yeah that's right i do remember that i, I do yeah. remember that. okay so. harrison ford let's just skip the indiana jones in the star wars because every human on this planet knows okay. that. So maybe hit his major but works that are not those i have to say that he did begin in television and i did see the episode of gunsmoke that he was in and he was he was good in that so harrison ford um, yeah he was mm. in gunsmoke for an yeah, episode he was also in American Graffiti, Ron Howard's film. Um, but yeah, he's he's excellent in American Graffiti in 1973. And he's also in, of course, all the Star Wars films. And he's also in Apocalypse Now with Francis Ford Coppola. And he's he's very good in that. He plays the Colonel in that one. Uh, he's in Hanover Street. 
He's also in uh, Blade Runner, of course, in 1982 yeah. with Sean Young and Rutger Hauer. What's your and take on that movie? I think that it's an excellent, excellent movie, but I do not like the author of, of Blade Runner, which is kind of somewhat shocking, perhaps, that science fiction writer. Um I think it's it's a visually stunning movie by Ridley Scott. I don't find it to be that of a approachable of a movie. It's certainly to me not one of his highest rewatchable movies. But I mean, yeah, you got you got Sean Young. I mean, God, we should do an episode on that. Just how crazy of an actress she was. But I mean, you think of that early '80s Ford. He's knocking out. I mean, you look at Empire Strikes Back in '80. Then you're doing Blade Runner. You're doing Indiana Jones in 81. You're pulling out Temple of Doom 84. Witness is around that time too. I mean, just amazing work. Iconic work. Oh yeah, definitely. What's your take um, on Witness? Of... What's your take on Witness? Oh, I love Witness. I think that Witness is, he is very gorgeous in that film too. Um, Kelly McGillis is in that as well as Lucas Haas. A very young Lucas Haas. Um, it's, and, it's, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think Liam Neeson's in that movie. Is he not in that movie? No, no, no. It's Viggo Mortensen. Sure. Vigo. Is he? Vigo, young Vigo. No, it's young Vigo. Vigo Mortensen's in that. My oh, okay. okay. I love Witness. I think it's his, in, for me. It's one of his top five works. Go ahead. Major work. Isn't, isn't Blade Runner based on uh, do? Android stream of electric sheep. Is that who I, that I couldn't tell on? you? I couldn't. I, it's by you. Philip K. Dick, and I do yeah. not like Philip K. Dick at all. But well, yeah. you are definitely the English, the English, uh, I guess, uh, expert more than I am. So I can't. Yeah, I, I thought it was based on that. Philip well, either way, go ahead. Major works of uh, Ford, let's from the mid 80s on. Let's just do the major ones. Okay, so hold on. Get to the more Let important. Get back to it. Um, yeah, he's also in the Mosquito Coast with a very young River Phoenix. He plays the father. Uh, he's sort of the the mad scientist type. He brings his family out into the, to the yeah. wilderness, and he yeah. kind of has to he has to save them right. because of things that go wrong in the wilderness. There, um, he's very good in 1988. That was in 1986, but in 1988, he's excellent and frantic. Um, he he plays a very decent hero in that film. He hangs out with a French prostitute throughout the film and doesn't even touch her inappropriately yeah. at all. <laughs> so, but he's also very, very sexy in that film too. So yeah. Um, he's also in Working Girl of 1988 yeah. uh, with Melanie Griffiths and Sigourney Weaver. I don't like his part in that film. I think- I don't like that movie at all. I didn't yeah, I don't really totally like that movie at all. Uh, he's also in Presumed Innocent with, uh, I believe her name is Greta, but I forgot her last Greta name. Greta yeah. Let's just the major yeah. works, man. Major works. Yeah, but yeah, Presumed Innocent was a major work at the yeah. time of yeah. 1990. And so was Regarding Henry with Inna yeah. Binning, I believe. Sure. Uh, 1991, he plays somebody who, who forgets things. And I don't think it was necessarily... Uh, mental retardation necessarily but he gets shot in the head and he's got to rehabilitate himself oh okay 
And then, of course, he starts out with Patriot Games. Mm -hmm. Takes over 1992 from Alec Baldwin from The Hunt for October for that film. And he's very good in it. He's also in The Fugitive of 1993, Clear and Present Danger in 1994. He's in The Real Stinker, Sabrina, with our favorite, Juliet Armand, I believe. And Greg Kinnear. They're both horrible in that movie. They're both horrible, yes. I mean, you, uh, you, the double, what was that? You can't beat you can't beat Humphrey Bogart, but I mean he's not the weak link in that movie. He he's no, he's not. Julia Ormond is always the weak link <laughs> in pretty much every movie. Absolutely, yeah. That's why she doesn't work anymore. Right, and then he's also in the Devil's Own with Brad Pitt in 1997. Yeah. yeah. And Air Force One also in 1997. Six Days, Seven Nights was the late uh Anne Heche, yeah, which was kind of a bad film there, 1998. There, um, he's also in What Lies Beneath in 2000, which he plays yeah. a pretty good role there with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. I think he may actually play a bad guy in that film. Um, but yeah, mostly just Indiana Jones films across the way. Uh, not much more to mention. Cowboys and Aliens, twenty eleven. Total tanker. Not, total. Yeah, tanker. and then also Ender's Game, which is a decent total tank. Total. What do you say? Horrible movie. Yeah, I liked it. Didn't I have the, that Ace of Butterfield? Oh, uh, it's 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 like, what is Harrison Ford doing in this movie? Yeah, I don't know. He reaches a point in his career where you're like, why are you doing these movies, Harrison Ford? He's also in Anchorman Two: The Legend Continues in twenty. Yeah, yeah, he's got a small role in that. And look, I yeah, mean, there's some work that he does. Like, I think he's pretty good in in Morning Glory, the Rachel McAdams movie, where he's like the oh country. yeah. Okay. Curmudgeon lead and and he's got to do that role. But I would say certainly from like 2000, he doesn't do a lot of movies the next, oh, I don't know, 15 years that are worth anything. He's in the Expendables yeah, but he, 3, Age of Yeah, Adeline. he's in Expendables 3, 2014, The Age of Adeline in 2015. Yeah, exactly. These and then he's also got some kind of part in Blade Runner 2049. Right, I think he um, plays. I think he plays the uh, same character he did in the original one. But yeah, it's just a lot of garbage. A lot of garbage. But you know what? He's only done forty nine films in his whole career, so that's kind of that. That to me is very little. So, um, and very few actually. And Neil Liam Neeson, I think, is only credited with doing having done thirty three films. So that's very few too. So. Yeah, so most recently I saw Harrison Ford in 1923, which is one of the Taylor Sheridan spitoffs from Yellowstone. And he and Helen Mirren re- are, are, it's good. It's a good show. And I think it's going to be a second season. And then he did this show called Shrinking Over. I think it was on Apple TV, Apple Plus, where he and Jason Siegel, uh, it's a therapist and a client relationship. And then, as we mentioned, he's got Indiana Jones coming out. All right. For the sake of time, yeah. because we, we spent too much time, as usual, going over the films that everybody knows that these guys have already been in. Let's flip uh, around. All right. Could, could the other person have done these iconic roles? Okay. So let me start with my boy, Neeson. 
could and if you have not seen these movies just just say it because i don't want you to like say oh he could but you haven't seen these movies which is totally fine have you seen you haven't seen excalibur so i'm not going to mention excalibur have you seen the bounty he plays the surly guy who uh mutinies in the ship i don't think i have okay we'll move on from there have you seen the mission do you know his character in the mission I've seen the mission, but I don't remember him. Okay, let's let's just go to Darkman. Could he've done Dark? Could Ford have done Darkman? Um, no, no, eh, not at the time. I don't think it would have been as good. Could he have done Schindler's List? No. <laughs> I mean, look, there's a dapper, dashing Harrison Ford that I could have seen do that role, but since Oscar Schindler is. A European, I don't know, but you know, Liam Neeson is Irish and he's not doing an Irish accent. I guess he's doing some you know, German accent. I don't think yeah. it's beyond a stretch that he could have done it. Uh, Rob Roy. Um, no. Yeah, I, I don't think he could have done a good job on that. Um, let's skip some of these other movies. Gangs in New York. No. Love Actually. Yeah, yes, probably. Uh, we won't count the Batman movie because, I mean, he just essentially, well, okay, could he have done the Batman being the martial arts expert in the Batman movie? Um, No, because it's just the look, I think, that they were going well, for. Here's something that we didn't talk about. It's like they're both very masculine, but Liam Neeson exudes a certain masculinity. He's taller, first of all, than Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. And... He has a certain physicality to him that Ford lacks. Not that Ford lacks it a lot. He has his own physicality, but I think to me, Liam Neeson plays a certain type of physicality that Ford cannot do. So in, in Taken, could he have done Taken? Yes, but it would have been a different kind of... Yeah, because it would have been like Air Force One Harrison Ford. Uh, let's go back to uh, the prequel, the Star Wars prequels. I don't think Liam Neeson could, could have played Han Solo the way Ford can. So. No, no, no. Quee Kong Gin. He plays Quee Kong Gin and Phantom Menace. And, and, oh, you're talking about those prequels. Okay. Um, no, I don't think it was meant for Ford to do There's those. no way Ford could have pulled off the, being a Jedi. There's just no way he could have done that. No. Um, just for the sake of time, because we only have eight minutes, um, the Taken is the last movie I want to do. Okay, so give me uh, Harrison Ford movies. See, Did you see Potter. American Graffiti? I haven't seen it. Okay. How about... Neeson have played Han Solo. Uh, it would have been a different role, and that would have been young Liam Neeson. I don't think he would have had the gravitas to do it. So no. But if it's like mid nineties, Liam Neeson, yes, I could have seen him do it better. He could have done it, but not nearly as good. Not nearly as good. Could Neeson have played Indiana Jones? I think he could have. It would have been a different take on it. But he's got the physicality, and he's got the kind of erudition that you would need from a professor. I could have seen him pulling that off. I what about you? Okay. Okay. Could uh, Neeson have played in the movie Witness? Yes. Okay. How about the Mosquito Coast? Yes. Frantic. Yes, but not as good as Ford. Yeah. How about Working Girl? <laughs> yeah. 
I'll give it, you know, it's not even a credit to Ford. I just don't like that movie. I don't like his portrayal. I think Melanie Griffith is one of the most overrated actresses of the last 50 years. Sigourney Weaver's great, but I just don't like that movie. So no, let's give it to Ford. I don't want to stain Neeson's character by putting him in that okay, movie. Okay, okay. Well, what about uh, regarding Henry? Yeah, I've seen Neeson play the kind of quiet, preserved guy. Presumed innocent? Yeah. Okay. Could he have played the fugitive? So the fugitive, I think, is going to go down after Indiana Jones and Han Solo as the iconic work by Harrison Ford. And he could have done it. That's mm -hmm. definitely in his wheelhouse because there is action. And I think he could have done it. But it, that movie is just so iconically Ford. That I don't want to take that away from Ford. And what about Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger? He could have done Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger easily. And he could have okay. done Air Force okay. One easily. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't uh, know about easily, but all right. I think, I think so, because um, I think Mason can easily pull an American accent. He's done it before. And again, he has more masculinity than Ford. So in any of the movies where Ford is being masculine, Neeson can easily do that. I think the question is, does he have the charm that Ford can pull out in a lot of movies? And I don't know if Neeson has that kind of charm. Okay. He's more, he's more of the Irish rooting, masculine, charismatic kind of guy. Right. He lacks the smirk and charm that Ford can turn on at any time. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get... We only have five minutes. Let's get to personal life. Uh, Liam Neeson, I think many people know, has a pretty tragic life. He was with Natasha Richardson, his wife, for some time. And I think that was the wife, or, I'm sorry, the daughter of Vanessa Redgrave, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, yes. yes. Yeah, or, or Lynn Redgrave. Oh, no, it's, it's Vanessa. It was Vanessa Redgrave. And uh, they had two kids together. And then he she died in a freak ski accident, head trauma in 2009. And since then, he's uh, never remarried. I'm sure he's, you know, dated women, but uh, never married. Let's get to Harrison Ford because I think he's got a more interesting personal life. We got four. Yeah, minutes. I think he'll he'll always regard her as his wife for sure, and, and he will just date women probably. All right, we got four minutes. Let's hit Ford's personal. Harrison life. Ford, I believe, has been married three times. Um, Second wife, Melissa Matheson, he was with for a while. She was a great screenwriter. Um, she is a great screenwriter. But then he ended up marrying, uh, he divorced her and married Calista Flockhart for a while now. So they've been together and they've always been rumored to be divorced or to be getting a divorce. But they, they seem actually pretty happy. So I like Calista Flockhart. I always had a crush. She might be a future Sexy Saturday. She just hasn't done enough movies back when she was at her peak in Ally McBeal. And she was always a little too waif. And right. even for my Wait. taste, and you know my taste is I like him skinny. But Flockhart, I loved her like in the birdcage. You know, I just thought, I, th I just think she's attractive. And at this point, I think they're going to stay together. She's I too short, though. She's like 5'1 or 5'2. And she's just always been anorexic looking. But I don't yeah. know. Um, he, they, he has four biological children, most of them with Matheson. He's adopted. I think he adopted Calissa Flockhart's uh, kid. But let's get oh, to right. the most important part. Mm -hmm. Who would you rather be? Um, I think I would rather be Liam Neeson, actually. Why? Because he has his freedom right now. And he does have a very... Uh, he has a 
very well-respected career. And so he, he'll always have that and he can do movies whenever he wants. So um, Ford, I just, I don't really like his choices in his choice in Calista Flockhart as his wife, really. And so whatever. That's how I, I would feel. probably take, oh man, Liam Neeson was Catholic, raised Catholic. That always, you know, tinges my choice here. I think, I don't know, that's a lot of tragedy to have your the mother of your children and your wife die in a freak accident. That might have traumatized him. And I think if you look at his work, this is kind of the, Harrison Ford is more of the leading man, classic leading man. But I think Liam Neeson in some ways might be considered a better actor and more versatile because he can do the period movies, he can do Rob Roy, like Harrison Ford can never have done Rob Roy. He can do those, those kind of movies where Ford can't, but Ford is that Cary Grant, Paul Newman cut of movie actor. And he doesn't necessarily need to have the talent and range that Liam Neeson has. That being said, 50 years from now, who's gonna be more likely to be remembered by people alive? I believe Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, yeah. Because of Indiana Jones. Yeah. So for that reason, I'll take Harrison Ford. Um, I just think that he's more iconic. He he's a classic movie star. He's very handsome and will be well, you know, when he dies, it's going to be a sad day for America because everyone has a connection to him because of his roles. And he's just really good looking, handsome man who wouldn't want to be a handsome man. Uh He's been with pretty, uh, you know, Calista Fockhart's a pretty attractive wife, wife, especially a few years ago, and he has many children. I just think he has a less tragic life than Liam Neeson. I guess so, but I mean, I think, and he also has an, an Oscar nomination for Witness as well, and um, he, he does have some range, actually. And yeah, you, you Liam Neeson, I just pick because I, I think he he's able to have his freedom, and he doesn't care about how many movies he does. I think in closing, I think Neeson has more range. Who is more talented, I think is a different definition of what is talent, but overall, Harry Harrison Ford is iconic Hollywood. And well, I think in closing too, that they have, equal, quick. they have equal range. Okay, so thanks, man, appreciate you coming on. We gotta go, take care. Alrighty. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.